lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Friday. Welcome to all of you here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace alongside Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. And one of our OGs here returns, Rachel Simmel. We'll get to her here in just a moment. Of course, you can let us know what you think about what we think. And yes, I know everybody wants an update on what transpired after yesterday's literal invasion of murder hornets. I mean, I, I mean that's, that, is, that is exactly what happened. I, I will give you all an update later in the program, uh, but group here as soon as we can in a moment, because there's just so many other important things going on other than whether or not I survive another day. So uh, we'll give you an update, though, on that if I survive long enough uh, to make it to hour two. Uh, but let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox, steve at stevedace.com. That is the uh, email address, D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, where I will lie to you. You just, again, I, I, I keep having to remind people I am lying to you on Facebook with our hashtag Facebook approved takes. Uh, I am giving you regime confirmed narratives. So believe the exact opposite of everything I tell you uh, on Facebook where I'm lying to you. And then I tell you what I really think. If you follow me on Twitter at Steve Day Show or over on MeWe Parlor, Gab and Getter, as well as Rumble. If you want free clips of the program that are both free to watch and then free of censorship, go to rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. Again, rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. Well, of course, we are watching after uh, the president's bitter address yesterday. More and more corporations line up to impose the fascism. And that is why uh, if you have an opportunity to do business with a company that doesn't uh, work against your values, but instead believes in them, supports them, doesn't donate the proceeds, the, the profits you give to them, to the companies and, and, and organizations that are working and conspiring against our point of view and way of life, but instead uh, to the ones that are supporting it and trying to preserve it, make sure if you've got opportunities to do business with such companies, you do every, t- every chance you get. And when it comes to your mobile phone, you definitely do with our friends over at Patriot Mobile. They offer the same broad nationwide coverage as the left-wing bigwigs because they use all the same towers that they use as well. Uh, Plus, they've got plans to fit any budget, and their 100% U.S.-based customer service support team provides exceptional customer support. And right now, you can go to PatriotMobile.com slash Steve or call 972-PATRIOT and get a free activation code with the offer code Steve. And they've always got special discounts for veterans and first responders and for multi-line accounts as well. So support a company that loves American exceptionalism like you. PatriotMobile.com slash Steve. PatriotMobile.com slash Steve or 972-PATRIOT and use the offer code Steve. And now... It is time for the day's group. Joined for our weekly look at the week that was by our good friend Rachel Semmel, former Trump administration official, now with the Center for Renewing America. Let us begin, as we always do, with issue one, bleep, Lord Nefarious says. This is not about freedom or personal choice. It's about protecting yourself and those around you. 
I hope that President Biden will do three really important things. First is to mandate vaccinations on planes and trains, places that he has jurisdiction over. My message to unvaccinated Americans is this. What more is there to wait for? What more do you need to see? I think that he should approach this with an iron fist. And I think that the overwhelming majority of the country is going to be deeply appreciative of somebody standing up at long last and saying to the small minority of nuts in this country, enough. The bottom line, we're going to protect vaccinated workers from unvaccinated co-workers. And those governors that stand in the way, I think it was very clear from the president's tone today that uh, he will run over them. We've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin. And your refusal has cost all of us. And we shouldn't allow people to carry around pieces of paper that can be easily faked as well. We need a national proof of a vaccination system. The president and I are unequivocal in our support of Roe v. Wade and the constitutionality of Roe v. Wade and the right of women to make decisions for themselves with whomever they choose about their own bodies. We know that anti-choice bills are not about being pro-life. This is about making sure that someone like me as a woman or any menstruating person in this country cannot make decisions over their own body. It depends on if you're vaccinated or not. It's important given the traumatic events of what we saw in Afghanistan the last couple of weeks, not to lose sight of what the current threats to our nation are right now. You ask me what the top three security threats to the United States of America are, I'd say global warming, global warming, global warming, followed by cybersecurity attacks and the rise of domestic extremism here in the United States. About half of the overall increase in grocery prices can be attributed to a significant uh, increase in prices in three products, in uh, beef, in pork, and in poultry. If you take out those three categories, we've actually seen inc uh, price increases that are more in line with uh, historical norms. Wow. I mean... Wow. Rachel is the guest. And also because chivalry on this show is not dead. Ladies first. You get to provide first your first, uh, the first notion of which rancid bile you enjoyed swallowing down the most after watching that. Well, I'm going to let you guys opine on the vaccine speech because I think that obviously is number one. And we haven't seen anything like that probably in our lifetimes. Uh, the one thing in the, the montage that I think was probably the biggest cultural or gut to our cultural um, uh, society has been something that we've been working on here at the Center for New America. And that has been what we've been seeing in the last 72 hours, even of the refugees that are coming here to Afghanistan. And the fact that while uh, Jay Johnson and 
And uh, the Pentagon continues to put out press releases saying that uh, extremists and global warming and unvaccinated people are the biggest threat to society. We have seen now people that are, are trafficking women, sex traffickers. We've seen uh, fighting age men of the most radical country in the world in Afghanistan right here at Dulles Expo Center running around, not even um, being put into a database, let alone having security check through them. So honestly, while the world's been losing their minds as well they should on the vaccines, I think what a lot of people aren't realizing is over the last 72 hours, even more of these very radical extremists that call themselves uh, refugees are in our backyard and we have no clue who they are. And it's a scary, scary moment here. Rachel, you're highlighting, uh, since we're on the 20, the precipice of the 20th anniversary of 9-11, I want to repeat what I said on the show yesterday and get your quick take on it. Uh, you know, everybody talks about our foreign policy and the role it played in instigating and provoking uh, these sorts of terrorist actions and our involvement and engagement in the Middle East in support of Israel. The reality is it's our immigration policy that has caused this more than anything else. Uh, all 19 of the 9-11 hijackers, all of them had have been approved for student visas. Uh, since we invaded Afghanistan, you know, the whole, the whole line that we have to keep going over there over and over again so we don't fight them here, there's actually been at least 30 successful or foiled terrorist attacks on U.S. soil since 9-11 by Islamic radicals, including the most successful one, the Zarniyev brothers, uh, for the Boston Marathon. Your, your thoughts on those two points? Yeah, see, I, when I heard you talking about this yesterday, I realized not only are you right, but we're even in a more extreme time now than we were back then. Because yes, they were, they all qualify for student visas. Guess what? These people, we don't even, they're not even being put through databases. They are not even being waved in through the SIV program like the allies and uh, uh, people on the ground who helped us should be. They're just being paroled in. So we, you saw yesterday the guy that got on the plane uh, that, with explosives and, and the DHS is like, actually, that's not really a terrorist attack. He just happened to get on the plane with explosives. They're not even being put through a system now where we can tell. And our our senior advisor, Ken Cuccinelli, was at the Dulles Expo Center yesterday. And as he's made the point, the people that this administration have in charge of, quote unquote, the vetting system at Dulles Expo Center are FEMA and TSA. There are no DHS uh, uh, branches there vetting. And Steve, the reason why I think we're even in a more critical time with these uh, people coming here than we were even with the Syrian refugee crisis is because Afghanistan as a culture is one of uh, the most radicalized Muslim populations in the world, even more so than the batch of, of Syrian refugees we came over. We're talking about people who to 99% not only believe in Sharia law, but think that stoning should still happen, that women should still be executed if you know for honor killings. We are in a precarious position worse than we were on 9-11 because of this quote unquote refugee crisis of fighting age men who believe that they should just go out and, and, and kill women because they have a job like you saw in Germany two, two weeks ago. Todd, your turn. Well, uh, the Aussie chick in the New World Order, uh, it speaks for everything. I, I told you. I told you about the magical thinking of vaccines way before you ever heard of a COVID. Uh, when I had the opportunity. They, they, I've seen so many times when there's a mother who had a baby one day that was totally healthy, and the next day that was a different baby, and the thing that happened in between was the shots. And thank God it doesn't happen to most babies, but it happened to enough. And they tried, and they tried, and they tried. And all they got was made fun of and told, no, you're the weird ones. It's not the vaccines. They're magic. And now the entire nation, the entire world, 
is choking on that bile. They lie so easily. It's not a glitch in the system. It is the entire point. And even if these vaccines didn't have the question marks in terms of uh, efficacy, how long they last, the side effects, even if they really did a bang-up job, we'd still have the same questions about where in the hell do you get off telling me how I manage my risk in my own personal life when you've had the furnaces going on the kill the baby front for how long now? We've gone mad. We live in a dystopia. And all the bread and circuses that we have in this country are only going to make it worst. Most dystopias that we've had throughout human history, you couldn't just Netflix and chill. This is as stupid as humanity has ever been. And I promise you this. You try to jab this in my kid's arms or my arm, I swear you're going to have to bring out the fire hoses and the dogs. And everyone, and I mean everyone who's doubted me in my adult life about my resolve on these kind of things, has always been wrong. I'll see you in hell before you do that to my family. Side note, I have a, a good friend of mine uh, who's been um, hugely um, supportive and beneficial of my career as well, who texted me about 30 minutes ago. Uh, he was uh, previously sick with COVID earlier this year uh, and has he finally cannot advance uh, in his field any further um, without getting vaccinated. Uh, so we did yesterday um, with the J&J vaccine. Um, thin, healthy, already had uh, a pretty serious case of COVID, was bedridden for a couple of weeks. Um, he just texted me, uh, his resting, resting heart rate has been over 100 all night long. and still is right now. That's his resting heart rate right now. So, in relative to, and, and I want to make one more point, and I plan to make it, but you jog my memory, Steve. I want to stress again what I stressed in March of 2020. If we could have chosen a pandemic, we would have chosen this one. It's never been Captain Trips ever. It did not come like a thief in the night for our children. It never did. It never came like a thief in the night for uh, most healthy Americans. This is a lie. Aaron, your turn. I'm not sure how I'm going to follow that up because I would just repeat word for word verbatim what Todd just said. I will say, though, on a lighter note, the, the fella at the very end from the Ministry of Plenty talking about how, well, if you remove double-digit <laughs> increases in beef, pork, and poultry, you know what, uh, the, the, the rise uh, in the price of groceries is pretty well in, nor- in line with, uh, with, um, w- with historical norms. Beef, pork, and poultry. Are those some pretty important staples in most Americans' diets? Probably. I, I would hazard a mm-hmm. guess, probably. To give you an illustration, well, I, I probably don't need to give you this illustration. I, I was shocked shocked a few weeks ago when i went into costco and they have this really good pre-cooked bacon you can get it by the pound you know you could purchase a fraction of the amount that you get at costco at a supermarket 
for about the same price. So it's really, really good value and it's a really good product. Used to be able to purchase that for about nine, ten, eleven bucks, something somewhere in that in that ballpark. I think when I paid what I paid last week was about nineteen dollars. Eighteen, nineteen dollars. Wow. I can get a pound of roast beef, pre-cooked roast beef, for three dollars, three or four dollars cheaper than that. But yes, yeah, all the rest of this is just in line with historical yeah. norms. We're all uh, soy boys now, Aaron. Exactly. The, these these people, again, I, I think it bears repeating. News like that is not a problem for them. Afghanistan is not a problem for them. Yes, Afghanistan. Preach is a distraction from turning us into Australia. I don't know how many times I can say that. They don't view these things as bad things. They view them as distractions. Let's get that out of the way so we can continue on our crusade to turn this country into what the the, the, the people down under are dealing with. That's who these people really are. They don't care a cinch about any of the people that they say they care about. All they care about is power the last 24 hours should indicate that and illustrate that for you forevermore my favorite was biden saying he had to protect vaccinated workers against unvaccinated workers so if that's how vaccines work then how come i was allowed by his when he was last in the white house as the vice president for barack obama how come the obama state department allowed me back in the country after a mission trip to haiti where i had to update all my vaccinations and immunizations in order to go um how come in, in, in order to be admitted back if 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 i'm not protected from what was going on uh in terms of the germs and bacteria and 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 parasites and viruses uh, that are much more plentiful in a third world country like Haiti than compared to here. If I wasn't protected from that so that I would not bring that back home with me, uh, if I was still vulnerable to the unvaccinated Haitians, why did the Obama administration allow me back in the country? Can anyone answer that question for me? Anybody? Does anybody, any, you guys are all, three of you are smart. Can just, does anybody know? Can you answer that question for me? Vaccines are magic. If that's how vaccines work. You don't understand the magic, Steve. Apparently, I don't. I, I don't. Let's get to the exit question. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being the odds Lindsey Graham will ever find an illegal alien he actually wants to deport, and 10 being the odds Lindsey Graham will find an illegal alien he'd like to make his pool boy. Rate this week's level of total depravity. Rachel. It's off the charts. I don't. I, I think I've said that the last couple of times, but it's off the charts. It's a 1 and a 10 times 10. Uh, it is. I agree. Todd, yes? The chart was broken yesterday. Aaron? I'm at like a 15. Before we get to issue two, you know, you've heard me talk about how important it is to have a VPN to protect your online privacy. But choosing a VPN you trust is equally as important. Now, uh, you would like to do research on our sponsors, so do I. And I try to only recommend brands for my listeners that I myself believe in. Uh, and for example, I look at ExpressVPN. I've installed it on all of my machines, including my laptop right here on my desk. Uh, it doesn't log your activity online. Lots of cheap or free VPNs do this. And that's how they make their money is selling your data to advertisers, which kind of defeats the profit, but you know the the, uh, the purpose of trying to uh, privatize your online uh, browsing and experience. Uh, also, they offer speed. Uh, ExpressVPN now uses Lightway, a new VPN protocol that they engineered to make user speeds faster than ever. 
Uh, and then the last thing you want is an express is, is that really sets ExpressVPN apart is how easy it is to use. You don't need any technical skills to set it up. Just fire up the app, tap one button to connect. Even your grandparents could do it in about five or 10 minutes. And it's not just me saying this. Uh, CNET, The Verge, and many other tech journals also preaching the gospel of ExpressVPN. And that's why it's the number one VPN in the world. So protect yourself with the VPN that I use and trust. Use my link at expressvpn.com slash Steve today and get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash Steve today and get an extra three months free on a one-year package. Again, expressvpn.com slash Steve. Let's get to issue two. Fauci lied and people died. The leftist publication The Intercept dropped a completely ignored bombshell this week. New details emerge about coronavirus research at Chinese lab. The piece details The Intercept's successful litigation against the U.S. government invoking the Freedom of Information Act in order to produce 900 pages of documents which provide details of U.S.-funded research on several types of coronavirus at the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China. The publication obtained documents detailing the work of the now infamous EcoHealth Alliance, which used federal money to fund bat coronavirus research at the Chinese lab. The trove of documents also includes two previously unpublished grant proposals that were funded by the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, as well as project updates relating to EcoHealth's research. The bat coronavirus grant provided EcoHealth with a total of $3.1 million, including almost $600,000. The Wuhan Institute of Virology used in part to identify and alter bat coronaviruses likely to infect humans. The grant proposal acknowledges some of those dangers, quote, field work involves the highest risk of exposure to SARS and other coronaviruses while working in caves with high bat density overhead and the potential for fecal dust to be inhaled. The documents contain several critical details about the research in Wuhan and raise additional questions about the theory that the pandemic may have begun in a lab accident, an idea that Anthony Fauci of the NIAID and Peter Daszak, head of EcoHealth Alliance, have aggressively dismissed. The story quotes Richard Ebright, a molecular biologist at Rutgers University, who says the documents contain critical information about research done in Wuhan, including about the creation of novel viruses. Quote, the viruses they constructed were tested for their ability to infect mice that were engineered to display human-type receptors on their cells. To boil this all down, it's now a verifiable fact that gain-of-function research was facilitated at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, funded by Anthony Fauci's NIAID, through EcoHealth Alliance for the expressed purpose of finding and or constructing viruses that would spill over from animals to humans. All the while, both EcoHealth Alliance and the NIAID were full aware of the risks associated with this type of research. It's also now a verifiable fact that Dr. Anthony Fauci perjured himself in front of Congress on numerous occasions about his bureaucracy's funding of gain-of-function research, including this latest time during this exchange with Senator Rand Paul in late July. Dr. Fauci, knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, do you wish to retract your statement of May 11th where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan? Senator Paul, I have never lied before the Congress, and I do not retract that statement. Action, Aaron. Very well done. 
Rachel, we have discussed this at length this week, so I'm going to go to you first again. Here, here are really your two options to believe about the origin of this virus. One option is uh, that a, a group of bats that nest about 900 kilometers from Wuhan, China, which is a city that has more population than the total amount of people that live in either Sweden, Israel, or Michigan, okay, uh, that these bats decided to wade into this heavily populated area where they were they would walk right in front of a superior species. They lost all their defense mechanisms, their natural defense mechanisms as a species, waded into an area 900 kilometers away from where they nest Okay, and then just flew into some soup, uh, or, or or flew into a pig that ended up in a soup uh, that somebody randomly ate, for which we cannot reverse engineer the patient zero or the original natural um, the uh, entry point to the virus. That is the that's one narrative. The other narrative is that. Um, two institutes, three institutes now, actually, according to the Intercept, located in a densely populated city. One of the, the it's actually the most densely populated city in the Hubei province of the most densely one of the most densely populated nations on earth was specifically working to find out what would cause bat coronaviruses to spill over to humans in order to engineer preemptive vaccines for the next SARS or MERS level event, and they did it successfully. And yet somehow that sample escaped from their lab. The those are your two options. Which do you think is the more likely outcome? And, and Rachel, I will give you plus 27,000 odds on the natural origin theory. Go ahead. Your call. What I think is so stunning is, well, first of all, it's obviously the latter. I mean, this, it, it's it's crazy that we were called conspiracy theorists about 18 months ago for saying it absolutely happened in this lab. I was at, when I was at the White House uh, Office of Management and Budget around May 20th, uh, or sorry, May 2020, uh, I started, my team and I started digging into not only EcoHealth Alliance, but uh, digging into all the grants that were going to EcoHealth Alliance. And mind you, this was just right after the Daily Mail first published the original NIAID grant that, that, that Aaron mentioned in his piece. What people don't realize is that our Pentagon has given a $6.5 million grant to EcoHealth Alliance to research weapons, combating weapons of mass destruction and coronaviruses. Our DOJ has given millions of dollars in grants to EcoHealth mm. Alliance to do to then in turn turn it to the Wuhan Virology Lab and are redacted. You can't find it on USAspending.gov, the purpose of that. EcoHealth Alliance, and I'm going to just read off of my notes here because this is like a, a soapbox uh, of mine, is EcoHealth Alliance is run by Peter Daszak. Everyone's heard about him. Everyone's heard about his gain of function research. What people don't realize is that this is not a health group. In fact, they brag about on their website that this is uh, uh, an, an environmental conservation organization that used to be called the Wildlife Trust, and they happen to combine with a consortium of conservation medicine. Their goal is to, quote, help people and animals and the the environment and make sure that the overall health of our planet is working. Okay. That's the group that has gotten tens of millions of dollars from not only NIH, which everyone is talking about, but our Pentagon. And further, the fact that Peter Daszak is not only on the board of the Wuhan Virology Lab, was not only on the board and an advisor of the World Health Organization, and is not only in the Obama White House and gave tons of money to Hillary Clinton for president, but he was the one that was from day one calling it baloney and uh, crazy that people thought it would originate from a lab. So the fact that we are paying these people to lie to us is something that obviously you're going to write about in your next novel, but it is absolutely insane to me that people are not seeing through what's happening here with Peter Daszak and all the Pentagon money he's been getting, not just the NIAD money. 
That was outstanding, Rachel. Thank you for bringing that uh, to the table for sure. Todd and Aaron, we are short on this segment. Do you guys have a quick fire take on this before we get to the exit question? Yeah. Uh, when uh, Fauci is the one who created this thing and uh, paid to have it created in a Chinese lab and is now the one calling the shots on uh, lockdowns and uh, forced vaccination, uh, you officially live in the Matrix and you don't need to go see the movie. Aaron, you have a quick take? You good? No, I think we're good. All right, let's get to the exit question. If President Biden's plan he announced yesterday to attack the Delta variant were a Stone Temple Pilots song, which Stone Temple Pilots song would it be? A, Big Empty, B, Dead and Bloated, or C, Interstate Love Song? Rachel. Uh, Dead and Bloated, because haven't we moved on to the Mu variant or whatever's next? Uh, I'm going with A. Yes, I'm, by the way, I have long COVID with the FU variant. Long COVID with the (laughs) FU variant. Todd. Aaron's soundtrack to the whole thing. It wasn't ominous. It, it, it's, it, that's why it's interstate, interstate love song. This, this is music to people's ears. To some people's ears. Agree. Well, way too many. Aaron. I agree with Todd. Interstate love song. I, I have a... How much time do I have, Aaron? Do I have like at least a minute? No, you've got about uh, 40 seconds. Okay. If, if there's anybody who's a professional in this audience, explain to me why I was allowed back in the country. Why you were not ri- at risk be- from Haiti- un- unvaccinated Haitians infecting me when I came back into the country from a mission trip there several years ago. Please explain that to me. Steve at SteveDace.com. I would love to know. I, I know lots of professionals, as you guys know. None of them can answer this question for me. Surely in this vast audience, someone has the magical answer to that question. All right, we'll come back. We'll look at the California recall here when we return. You know, we've been talking about Rough Greens for quite a while now on the show. It is the supplement powder that you sprinkle in with the food that your dog loves. And it puts, with that one simple act, you put back in a lot of the vitamins, minerals, nutrients, probiotics, omegas, etc. that was probably stripped from your dog's food right there at the factory for long shelf life and mass distribution. They do the same thing to the people food we eat. That's why we're using and buying so many supplements nowadays. And now there's one, thankfully, for your pet. But you might be wondering... What if my pet doesn't like it? Well, good news for you. We're going to give you that first 14-day Jumpstart bag for nothing. We'll give it to you for free. Now, we will ask you to put up a couple bucks for the shipping so that that you've got um, an opportunity to have skin in the game. Yeah, a lot of times you give people something for nothing. It just sits on a counter somewhere or never gets used. We want you to try this. We think it's it's good for your pet. Our dog, Cap, eats this on a regular basis and loves it. Find out if your pet will as well when you go to roughgreens.com. R-U-F-F is the website for roughgreens.com, or you can give them a call to try out this offer as well at 833-ROUGHDOG, 833-ROUGHDOG, or roughgreens.com. Let's get back to our weekly look at the week that was as Rachel Semmel from the Center for Renewing America joins us for the Dace Group. Let's get to issue three. Will Gavin Newsom survive? The latest Real Clear Politics polling average for next week's California recall election shows a pretty clear lead for those opposed 
to kicking Governor Newsom out of office 56.7% to 41. The only poll showing a support of recall, even close, was conducted by KABC-TV and Survey USA back in early August, which showed removing Newsom at plus 11. Regardless, it's still clear the Democrat machine in California is still uncomfortable about their prospects next week. Hit piece after hit piece has hit the LA Times, attacking Republican candidate Larry Elder. This week, while touring a homeless encampment in the state, Elder was assaulted by a white woman wearing a gorilla mask who threw an egg at Elder before punching one member of Elder's team. Earlier this week, security experts called for a preemptive audit of the recall election, citing security issues with the state's election systems. The bottom line is this, regardless of what happens next week, hook or crook, it's something of a miracle we're talking seriously about a conservative running the largest state in the country's executive branch. You know, if you take that Larry Elder video and put it in black and white, and if I shared that and claimed it was file footage from Mississippi in 1961, wouldn't you like completely and totally believe it? And yet, that was from California in 2021. So, Todd, I'll let you go first this time. Is this the last chance? the last chance barring direct divine intervention to save California. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, man, I'm like Hawkeye and Endgame on this thing. Don't give me hope. Uh, it, this seems impossible even now. Uh, again, do, do we believe that we're dealing with cults or not? And uh, we all do. Well, then listen, I, I, I think it takes divine intervention right now. I, I, I don't think Larry Elder's going to win because I think the cult is the cult, and that is the capital of the cult right there, and they're going to do cult things, and it's going to be closer than ever before. And, of course, please let me be wrong. But, um, yeah, of course, last chance isn't doesn't even go far enough to describe it. It's a chance they don't deserve, quite frankly. California, a good share of it deserves to just... You know those stories you always heard? California is going to fall off into the sea. Hey, stop teasing me. Aaron, what do you think? I think I largely uh, agree with the sentiment. I mean, the fact that we're even here right now having this conversation seriously, as I, I mentioned in the open, is somewhat of a miracle. Being the state of California is what it is. What can you say? This is the mecca of the spirit of the age, largely through the first inst- one of the first institutions that it took over, which is uh, which is Hollywood, the entertainment industry. And yet here we are. Um, it's a chance, largely, that this that the state doesn't deserve, as Todd said. And yet here we are. So I think by by the very nature of this conversation. I think it is somewhat miraculous that we're even having this conversation right now. Um, but, you know, the, the last chance, they hit their last chance a long time ago. This is, this is miraculous right now what's, what's, that we're even this close. So, no, that doesn't really answer the question, but that's kind of where I sit. Rachel, what say you? 
Yeah. Do I want him to win? Absolutely. I don't think it matters. I think if he wins, I think that's awesome. But he's got what super majorities against him in the House and this in, in the Senate. And also to the point of Todd and Aaron, uh, we're talking about people there that that like throw banana peels in a separate trash can because it can't be combined with like milk <laughs> cartons. Like mm-hmm. we're not talking about normal people. So uh, do I think it'll matter? No. Um, do I think it's too far gone? Absolutely. Spare a spar, um, uh, re- revival or bust is the only thing that can change it. But what it has given us has been a little bit of hope and about four weeks of watching the left and the Biden administration be clown themselves going out to campaign with Newsom. And hey, that's not that's not it's been fun to watch. So our good friend, Constantinus Roditis, who was the uh, GOP's candidate for, what was it, I believe, Comptroller? Comptroller, yep. Thank you. Uh, and that was back in uh, 2018, right? And he got something like three and a half million votes statewide in California as the GOP nominee, as I recall. Those numbers sound right to you guys? It was in the millions, um, yep. Okay, yeah, he has been doing uh, data and numbers for the elder campaign and, and, and has sent me some of what he has. And he's estimating that it's about 90% that Newsom will survive next week. Um, And it looks like, you know, right now, California reports about 24% of its registered voters are Republicans. Uh, But the turnout models that that they are looking at, they're seeing, even though Republicans tend to uh, outperform Democrats in these kinds of elections, particularly when... It would be a lot of people that vote Republican that, that drove this thing to even get on the ballot in the first place. They're estimating right now, though, that they may only see a two or three point jump in GOP turnout, that it might only be 26 or 27 percent of the electorate next week in the recall are, are Republicans, that they're just going to get essentially run over by print a ballot at home, uh, Democrat yeah. machine, uh, and that they are going to win a majority of independents. Uh, right now, he's projecting 56-44 independents in California. There's about 20 million independent voters in California. So just to put that in perspective, I mean, most of this country doesn't have uh, doesn't have 20 million people, okay, in a state, let alone the, 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 that's how many like independent voters I think California has. Um, they're estimating they're going to win those independents by somewhere between 10 or 12 points, the last numbers he sent me. But um, he thinks they need to be at least above 60 percent with independent voters in order to get this recall to go. And right now it looks like they're going to be in the the mid 50s somewhere. So those numbers. What do they tell you, Rachel, you're you're the you're you're the most recent political pro here. It's been a few years since I've been directly involved. So I'll go to you. What, What do those numbers tell you? I mean, they're discouraging, as is all the video footage you see of those people that are like grabbing ballots out of people's mailboxes that we saw seen the last couple of weeks. I mean, listen, I, you know, I, I worked on on the Brat campaign against Canner. Uh, those numbers didn't look good at all for Brat the night before Canner. So I know there's always hope, but I think after the last couple of cycles, and given the fact that we've seen so many election integrity issues, I'm, I, I don't know. I mean, I honestly don't think that gives us much hope. But, you know, the one thing I will say, good on Elder for trying. I mean, mm-hmm. this is not, it's not fun to mm-hmm. get an egg thrown at you. It's not fun to to give up the empire that you have doing what he was doing. And I applaud him for doing it. I agree with that. And, you know, Larry could have Larry could have just continued being essentially a media personality, as he has been for a long time and a very respected and successful one and not necessarily a real candidate. And you know what I mean by that, Rachel? I mean, doing the shoe leather, doing the events, walking neighborhoods, 
speaking in front of, uh, you know, groups and uh, fraternal orders of police and firemen and things of that nature. He could have avoided doing all of that and just tried to uh, see how far his name ID would get uh, and and wait around and see ultimately what happens with Newsom. And if his name name ID is what ends up uh, getting him into the office and kind of sneaking, you know, a backdoor, the political version of a backdoor cover. But he's actually gone out there and done some of the real work of a candidate. And he should be he not just applauded for stepping in here and putting up with the, uh, you know, the scrutiny that goes with something like this. I mean, he's attacking a black hole. He is attacking a spiritual stronghold of darkness in the, in the, in the culture. Uh, so give him credit for that. But then he also, um, you know, put his hands and feet into motion doing that as well. And I think deserves a lot of credit for that. Uh, and Todd, he, Aaron, and he didn't just go ahead, Rachel, go ahead. And he didn't just sit back and say, oh, Bruce Jenner's in the race. We already got somebody. I'm not going to do it. He was like, no, yeah. I have a vision and I'm going to do it. Right. Todd, Aaron, you have a quick well, thought on that before we go to the exit question? Those numbers tell me I was right in my analysis. And again, we're, we're dealing with some, a stark difference. Like it was epitomized in how they illustrated the movie 300 against the Persians. They, they were dealing with the undead, like people that were half lobstermen and things like that. That's how far the decay has gone. And that's why if by some miracle, God bless him, he does win. I hope he goes full Joe Biden on that state because these are the rules now. Executive fiat just down their throat and step on that gas in t- because this is two men enter, one men leave now. That's it. Yeah, the, the numbers that you shared, Steve, are are discouraging. Um, but the, the fact, again, I, I keep coming back to this, we seriously contemplated and have been contemplated, and it could still mm-hmm. happen that a conservative, like an actual conservative, could be leading California. Um, mm-hmm. That should actually be fairly encouraging to most of this country. There are th- still maybe thermal exhaust ports out there. Election integrity and the dubious nature of that notwithstanding, there may still be thermal exhaust ports somewhere else out there. Because if we got this close in California, what could that look like in uh, just pick your, pick your red yes. state? Yes. If we got this close in California, what could happen in other states where it's not nearly as lopsided and it's not nearly as black of a hole as what Larry Elder is trying to uh, walk into and destroy right now? That, that, that should be fairly encouraging for us. That's, that's the exact point I was going to make there, brother. Great minds think alike. Uh, a year or two ago, Gavin Newsom had an approval rating of 65%. Now we're talking about him getting 55, 56, 57% holding on to his job. All right. So if, if there's still if there's that level of resistance to this in in really the the hive low, the hive mind location of the spirit of the age, why are any of us that live in places uh, like Florida or Iowa or Texas or Oklahoma or Mississippi or Georgia? Why are we tolerating this crap on any level whatsoever in places where the demographics far greater uh, are in our favor? That's on us. So at least give the California resistance credit for at least getting this far. All right. I'll give him credit for that. Uh, exit question. If the odds Newsom survives this recall were a Green Day song, which Green Day song would it be? A, good riddance. B, basket case. Or C, Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Rachel. C, Boulevard of Broken Dreams, because I just don't know if it'll do anything. But I am encouraged, Aaron. That was a very good point. Todd. Basket quickly. case. Aaron. C. 
All right. All right. Let's go to our kicker question here quickly. Whom would you recall for issue four? If you could recall one current politician in America, whom would it be? Todd. John Roberts. And yes, he's I a like politician. You referred to the chief justice of the Supreme Court as a politician. Yes. I like that. I like it. I see what you did there. Aaron. Christy Noem, just for the point that it would make. <laughs> like it. Like the sound. Uh, that's very snotty. Rachel. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be doing I wouldn't be doing true to myself if I didn't say Mitch McConnell, who I will say until my dying breath. Yes. Preach, sister. I got to give you a, I, I like Todd and Aaron's answers. I got to a, to an extent, but I got to give you a second on that one. OK, I mean, I, that get you want to talk about spiritual black holes. There's yep. one right there. I mean, I, that guy is a I mean, he's a demon named False Flag. OK. All right. Let's get to our predictions. Todd, you get to go first. Go ahead. I got to reset this. It's it's this important. The upcoming school district, uh, school board elections uh, across this country are the ground zero for determining whether this republic is truly fallen or not. And either way, uh, we're going to have record-setting um, uh, numbers there. But the, the, the consequences of which way this things go are which way our future goes collectively for generations. Aaron, the celebrity guest picker tomorrow morning on College Ames Day, live from uh, Jack Trice Stadium in Ames, Iowa. Whoever that is, it's going to be one of two people, I think. Whoever that is, is going to be booed by Iowa State fans. I wonder if it's President Bush. That's what a lot of people are saying, but I've also seen that he's got a conflict, a scheduling conflict later that day as well. Okay. All right. Uh, Rachel, your prediction. Go ahead. I have two. The first is that Steve Dace is finally going to develop herd immunity against the murder hornets and get back into a studio next week. So <laughs> he stops looking like he's recording a hostage video from his bunker. Um, Did my you second count the blinks? One... Did you count the blinks? Yes, go ahead. <laughs> the second one is I know we're seeing rumors that Blinken's going to resign or step down today. I actually think that uh, Millie or Austin are kind of posing themselves to be the scapegoat uh, to, for this get out of Afghanistan debacle, and Blinken's going to stay around for a long time because he's Biden's boy. Uh, my prediction is, I just thought after all of the, uh, the the heavy conversations we've had this week, man, I had to I had to go to something light, okay? And, and this is not intended. You guys know I do not pander, at least not when uh, a direct profit for myself is not involved, all right? So this is what I really think. I think Super Bowl 56, we're going to see the Chiefs defeat the Packers in Super Bowl 56. You think the Chiefs will and make three straight appearances in the I Super do. Bowl? And I do, and I think it will be nastier than a swarm of uh, of German yellow jackets. That's a spoiler alert for a little bit. Uh, in the studio, Super Bowl week between you two, nah. if I'm right about this. Now nah, we'd be good about this, I think. This, uh, this ain't no... Iowa-Wisconsin thing. We'd be good. I, no? Yeah, I'm fine. No? Yeah. I, I'm, no. I, I could see this happening easily. I, I don't think they're going to get off to a great start this season, so just gird your loins for that. Rachel, it's always good to see you, man. Th- sister, um, um, I, I didn't mean to misgender. I identify uh, as a woman, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for having me. I walked right into that. Woman, I deserved every bit of it. I apologize. All right. Uh, thank you. It's always good to, good see, to you. see you, Rach. Thanks for joining us. All right. Take care. Thanks. We'll come back. Hour two. We'll get to some feedback Friday. And yes, yes, we will. We will again demonstrate 
that the squeaky wheel gets the grease with an update on what's happening with the infestation invasion next. We're back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Uh, he is Todd Erzin. He is Aaron McIntyre. And you are you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Please email the program, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. You can also like us on Facebook, where, again, I will be lying to you on Facebook. I lie to you. I lie on Facebook because that's what Facebook wants. They want lies. So you know me, I I believe in giving the crowd what it wants. So we give you our hashtag Facebook approved takes. They're all lies. Whenever you see that hashtag, know that I am lying to you. Just uh, understand, I believe the exact opposite of what I'm saying whenever you see that hashtag. But if you want to know what I really think, or you don't want to have to translate it, follow me on Twitter at Steve Dace Show, or look for me on MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter, and then look for clips of the show that you can share for free. And then are also free of big tech censorship at rumble.com slash Steve Dace show. If you are a podcast listener, thank you so much. You've played a major role in the explosive growth of this show and us getting a contract extension. So thank you. Uh, please uh, further do even more for us. We beg. We, we beg of thee. Uh, hit the subscribe, follow button. Leave us a five-star review. Uh, thank you to the thousands upon thousands of you that have done those things for us already. We appreciate each and every one. And I don't know, after what transpired in this country yesterday, it just kind of feels like perhaps there's never been a better time to do a promotion for my Patriot Supply. What if the day comes when you can't buy food? You know, there, I read in a book once, what was the name, about requiring a certain uh, trademark in order to buy or sell at the same time the cost of food itself was was skyrocketing. Does, does, guys, does, does that plot line, do you remember the name of that book? Does that plot line ring a bell to you guys? It doesn't ring it, a bell. No. no? I went to public school. All right. You know what? Maybe I've got an idea for a book I just came up with then, man. Eureka. There you go. I was going to write this like this dystopian future novel about what happens when a group of mad scientists cre- accidentally create a killer vicious virus. And then they turn around and conjure up the attempt at a vaccine. And all it does is create the virology equivalent of like a feedback loop of mutations that just get worse. And then I thought that's just nuts and we're depressed enough these days, right? I mean, who would buy that, right? I mean, I, I, do you guys think there's an audience for that? What do you think? Well, you know, it's um, it's the ghost in the machine. I, I, I think, you know, it has a shot that Larry Helder has a shot. So, you know, why don't you? You're a gambler, Steve. Yeah, it's a good, it's got a good beat, and you can dance to it, Aaron. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think you could probably probably have some success with that storyline, purely purely fictional, of course. It's amazing the stuff that comes out of my imagination. Sometimes, sometimes, as Han Solo once said, "I amaze even me." But uh, make sure you're prepared for the next time it couldn't happen here happens. You know, like this time, 
right now. All right. Go to our friends at My Patriot Supply. Uh, they, if you act now, you can save fifty bucks on a four-week emergency food supply from My Patriot Supply, and it's a handy kit that gives you breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, even snacks for a total of up to 2,000 calories plus per day, so you won't go hungry, and you don't have to worry about proper storage. This food, if you store it right, will last for up to 25 years, packaged to stay fresh. So if you want to try it now, get that four-week emergency food supply for each person in your family uh, for $50 off. Go to preparewithdace.com. Again, that's D-E-A-C-E for preparewithdace.com. All right, let's do a quick update on where we are at with the invasion. So we have had, um, and this problem has gone on in our building for a a few years now, over the course of a couple different landlords, where we have bees that come in wasps, we thought they were wasps anyway, coming into the studio, and then, you know, we'd spray, they'd go away for a while, come back, we'd spray, they go away for a while, come back. This particular round, however, they just kept coming back and back and back. And yesterday was kind of the last straw after Friday, where I nearly drank uh, one of these things that had uh, flown into my coffee cup. I ended up doing last Friday's show from here in this adjacent office to our studio. Uh, They told me, the landlord and uh, her people told me they were out here first thing after the Labor Day weekend, dusting, spraying everywhere, every entry point, everything. All right. And, you know, for a couple of days last uh, this earlier this week, things look great. Right. Tuesday looked good. Wednesday, we even had people in here watching us do the show Wednesday and everything looked great. Yesterday, literally all hell broke loose. Aaron, how many of these things did you kill yesterday? Nine in all. Nine in all. Nine. That's a niner. So uh, I raised quite a stink yesterday. I was told by a buddy of mine who likes to hang out. I, I, I don't even remember that there is like a chat room to this show. Did you guys even know this? Yep. I guess I guess I was I just forget that there that that exists. But he likes to hang out in the chat. And he was telling me that people were not happy that I doxed Cindy Johnson, the landlord uh, to this building. I don't care. Um, it's literally a life or death situation in my case. It's also extremely unprofessional, and I pay rent. And I've addressed this friendly. How many times, gentlemen, have we have? How many times have we petitioned King George, piece of peaceably on this matter? Can you give me a count, Aaron? Would you say what would you say it is? Oh, it's a half dozen, ten times, something like that. Right? Did we just immediately jump to let's dox our landlord live on the air? Did we just go there at the first sight of trouble? Oh, no. Did, did we do that? No. No, no, we did that at like the ninth side side uh, sign of trouble. Uh, everybody was given ample opportunity, and this is why, in the end, you guys, I know you guys came into this understanding I have earned a bit of a reputation, right? But you've worked with me every single day for how many years now? Have you guys really, even behind the scenes, very often even seen that reputation that I have earned? Uh oh, you mean? Yeah, you're not going from you know, nuclear on each and right. everything that happens under the sun. Like I no. just walk around decreeing things, demanding things, condemning things. That's all I do, 24-7. Is that what you guys see even behind the scenes when you hang out here? That's not the case. No. No, it's not. No. Why did I do it this time? Because total depravity is real. And in the end, um, you, 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 more times you try to be nice to get things done. 
Unfortunately, East of Eden, being nice all too, all too often, does not get things done. So yesterday we had to bring pain, and we did. In fact, our landlord told me yesterday someone from Florida got her cell phone number and called her demanding that she do something about this. Uh, so we did finally do something about it. The, the, she she mobilized to get the manager of the extermination company here. I made my son stay after school. Yesterday is my day to pick up Noah from work because Amy does therapy work on Thursdays uh, or to pick him up from school, I mean. So he had to stay after school because I wanted to make sure I was here. And I walked him through the entire process and everything else. And here's what we learned. Number one, these aren't wasps. They're German yellow jackets. He said they're one of the most aggressive species you'll find in this area. He said the reason you've killed nine of them is because when when wasps, uh, when they feel threatened, they will flee. When these species feel threatened, they go on offense and attack. They're coming after you, is what he told me. They're getting increasingly belligerent and aggressive. That that The one that flew by my face yesterday on camera, that was like literally a Top Gun type of flyby. That's a warning shot. Hey, we're coming if you keep this up, all right? So they they could not find the entry point. They've been out here how many times? They cannot find how they're getting into the building. And, 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 and they're not living in the AC vents or in the ceiling because how cold do I keep that room in there, guys? Like 60, right, year-round? Yes. You don't, you don't see, like, hornets buzzing around outside when it's only 60 degrees. That's not warm enough for them. So they they so I got an email from a listener and I wish I could remember his name I would give it I'd give it if I could but this week I have probably received uh, 2000 emails so forgive me but one of our listeners sent me a note and said you need to have them check on the HVAC system okay So the exterminator was here the manager of the company went up on the roof um and removed the main panel to our central air unit up on the ceiling and lo and behold what did they find not one, not two, but three, three live hives, three live nests, three of them, three of them, all of them live. The one on the left is bigger than the palm of my hand. Three of them, German murder hornets or yellow jackets, three Dude, you don't you don't see three like that next. To, it's literally like word went out amongst the German uh, yellow jackets. Hey, man, this is Club Med. Everybody, there's there's plenty of people to sting and stuff to get here. Everybody, hang out. All right. So they have removed these three uh, hives. Um, we made the decision yesterday to, to give it a day to make sure there were no stragglers that were very angry. You guys have yet to see anything today, correct? Correct. 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 Okay. So, you know, they're coming back again Monday morning, first thing, to see if they're going to try to recolonize that exact same space. And they'll keep checking it over and over again. But yes, okay, I would love to. Anybody that has spent 10 to ten minutes with me privately would tell you, I, I really do not look to be um, aggressively persistent, demanding, or angry. In fact, if yesterday aside, when I lost my temper, Aaron probably would have told you up until yesterday, it's a lot easier working for Steve Dace than I would have ever imagined before I came working here, <laughs> all right? However, um, I have no problem becoming that person if that is what is required to get things done. And unfortunately, all too often in this world east of Eden, that is what is required in order to get things done. So we finally, 
Finally, once we had decided we're just not tolerating this under any circumstance any longer, period. That's it. No matter what has to be done, it will be solved. We finally, it appears, at least got something solved. Whether that was the only solution, we will find out in the coming days. So Aaron was also kind enough to put together now the the, the picture looks better, the audio better. Uh, he put together like an adjunct studio for me in an adjacent office here away from where they were, uh, where they were uh, conglomerating. And so that's where I'm at today. It's where I was yesterday too. It just looks and sounds better because Aaron gave it, uh, you know, some level up. So gentlemen, you have any thoughts on this before we move on to Feedback Friday. I know the amount of emails I've gotten on this. People wanted an update, so I, I thought we should give them one. I don't know. Life just got a little bit more boring, though. You know, you just, we had to stay on our toes. You know, we were, you just never knew. There was a certain, you know, like George Washington once said, the first time he got shot at uh, and it, a bullet went through his coat, uh, what, there's something charming in the sound. I don't know. We were living on the edge, man. We were young once. We'll look back and laugh. As long as I, I don't have not. to smell any more um, smoking yellow jackets, those things smell Ugh. awful. Love the smell of napalm in the morning. Those things smell awful. Yeah, because another one of our listeners gave you what, what, what an electric fly swatter, yep. right? It works really well. So, I mean, you were just frying these things. Literally right? frying them. Yeah, they yes. would. I could see them start to burn up. Burn up on the surface of I, this thing. Did you get any feedback from anybody uh in dallas steve i can only imagine what they were the thought bubbles over their heads as they were watching this live the thought bubbles over their heads are we have state-of-the-art facilities in dallas and nashville and they're not thought bubbles they just text it to me <laughs> so i know what they're thinking they just tell me we kind of do that around here at this company we just all tell each other what we really think i don't even have to really guess say hey, what does somebody around here think what do they know what do they want we have a way, of, you know, the, the culture of this company is just for everybody to kind of just tell everybody what they think. Well, That's kind of how we roll. And don't let me steal your thunder as the boss, but in terms of our company telling us what they think, cake, I, crazy props to Tyler, our boss yeah. there, when he came out on Twitter immediately after the president's speech and said, yeah, over yes. my dead body. God bless you, Tyler. Yes. And we should therefore also mention our colleagues over at Daily Wire, Jeremy Boring, who runs that operation. He's the he's the Tyler Carden of, uh, of the Daily Wire. Uh, he was very adamant as well that there under no circumstances would they be in, imposing this on their employees whatsoever. We've had 14 Republican governors so far, frankly, all of them should have said uh, that they will be taking this to court. But in the meantime, all 14 of them and again, all of them should be issuing executive orders demanding that their individual branches not employ or, or deploy or impose or enforce any of these edicts. The, the, the Biden administration cannot enforce these uh, vac vaccine mandate edicts that are unlawful by any interpretation of the Constitution. They, they, cannot, they cannot impose these. They don't have the infrastructure to do it. They have to be imposed on a state, local basis. And so that's why you need to be going to your, your governors and legislators and city councils and boards of supervisors saying, uh, hell no, that ain't happening here. It's absolutely not happening here. Um, let's get to Feedback Friday. You guys ready for that? Yeah. Yeah. This is from Ruby. Uh, Ruby says, my husband's job started mandating the vaccine. He tried to put a group of unvaccinated people together to fight back, but now it looks like they all are going to cave in. My husband is the breadwinner, so I'm concerned and disappointed about the lack of courage of these men. See, this is the story. Joe Biden's not the story. Not the story. 
and 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 every <laughs> there is no ultimate contentment peace and tranquility in this fallen world east of eden there will always be men like this some better at this than joe some worse certainly many with better memories and cognitive ability but there's always going to be opposition like this in this world there's going to be manifestations of evil like this in this world that's not new and no generation is immune to it. And I think, frankly, we have been blessed to live in a level of comfort for a while, ironically here on the precipice of the 20th anniversary of 9-11, to somehow enjoy um, and being blessed to, uh, to believe we could get to forget that. And no, we cannot. See, I'm actually, I don't know if you guys can tell, I'm, I was really energized by what he did yesterday. Like, I'm not, I'm not feeling negative at all. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm pumped up. I don't agree with it. I think it's wicked. It's evil. I think the people that called Trump a fascist for four years are literally the ones that you're watching unironically um, um, uh, and, and try to impose fascism on the country because evil always accuses good of doing exactly what it is doing. But here's why I'm excited. I got an email just a minute ago from a guy who said, hey, I'm as down, frankly, as an American as I've ever been. I, I, I kind of rely on people like you guys' show to give me encouragement. Where is it? Here's where your encouragement is. At least this is where I'm getting mine. See, this is why I got into this business. I didn't get into this business to count heads at inaugural parades. I, I didn't get into this business to, to, to see who calls Jim Acosta the coolest names. I, I didn't get into this li that business to own the libs, to collect clicks. I got into this business for fights like this. I want to play for big stakes. That's what I got into this business for. If I wanted trite, cheerleading, tribalism, I, I just would have stayed in sports, had more fun, not made nearly as much money probably, but also would have a hell of a lot more friends and a lot less stress and uh, anxiety and lower uh, blood pressure, frankly. Why did I get into this arena? I got into it for this stuff. I'm like, yeah, you know? The shofar sounded that this is, you know, this is why they, you know, this is why we've been lifting all those weights. It's kickoff. Let's go. You know, this is why we did two a days. This is, you know, this is, this is why we did this for this stuff. Unfortunately, I, I think that there's too many of us that, that have, that believe that this is really just monetizable content for both consumers and producers. That, that all we do here is formulate ornery alternative opinions, get all riled up, everybody makes money, you guys get the counter narrative you want to the media, and then we just, that's all that's been going on here. No, 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 no. Like, like Satan says to Ray in A Nefarious Carol, we're playing for big stakes, Ray. Big stakes here. We always were. This is a, there's a lot more at stake here than um, whether you're going to watch Sean Hannity help Lindsey Graham get to the bottom of nothing on his program again tonight and make him, whether you're going to make him millions more dollars to do absolutely nothing for you. And it's not like the game or the stakes have changed. We've been playing for these stakes all along. We just got lulled to sleep. 
We just let our wives, you know, go to bed alone while we stayed downstairs on our own on the computer getting off to political porn rather than, you know, enjoying the real thing. That's what we did for a long time. For a long time. Now you got Fox News editing out video where the Biden White House mentions their own vaccine passport system for their own employees. See, this is nothing new is happening, folks. Just an escalate, a continued escalation of what's been going down all this time. That's why I'm excited. Because I've been trying to get us to do stuff against these things for a long time, the entirety of my career. Masks are off, pun intended. Nothing's disguised. They're just openly dropping phrases like New World Order. If I had tweeted out just a few months ago that if you're vaccinated, you're not protected against the unvaccinated, I'd have been banned from every major social media site. Joe Biden, the president, said it yesterday. See, to me, man, I'm in. I got into this for this. I didn't get into this for a lot of the trite, stupid crap that all too often dominates this industry. And frankly, it's probably not the greatest business model, I would guess, to rebuke your own clientele. But what the hell? Too many of you. That's what you've wanted. You wanted to own the libs instead of drain the swamp. And so that's what you got. We made fun of Jim Acosta and left in place a huge apparatus of people that just completely undermined the Trump presidency for four years. And we got Anthony Fauci and Debbie Burks. That, that you got what you wanted. Somebody's watching Hannity every night. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know who the two and a half million people watching that crap are, but somebody is. And somebody's getting off on it. They're enjoying it. Somebody likes Lindsey Graham lying to him every night on Hannity. I don't know who it is. I just know two and a half million people love it. That's on us, man. We're sitting here in a job market where there's about a million more available jobs than there are workers. I mean, this ain't, this ain't 1931. It ain't like jobs ain't plentiful. They're quite plentiful, actually. And they're going to become more plentiful with these mandates, mark my words. And so if you can't even get a group of men who are like, I guess I can work somewhere else. Do you know why people don't ask this stuff of me? Like ever. Like I've seen my physician three times just for physicals and checkups at my age in the last two months. He's never once asked me if I've had the COVID vaccine. Let alone tried to force it on me. Hasn't even asked me. Do you know why? Zero F's given. That's why. Because just like I told you all at the top of the show, I don't care if you don't like the fact I doxed my landlord. I don't care. It got the results that were necessary because being nice didn't work. So I had to go to the card that worked and it worked. So therefore I don't care. We need more of that. More of that. We don't have enough. And so there's not enough herd immunity 
to the herd mentality. There's not. Now, now it's getting better, a lot better. I'm encouraged by that. But ultimately, understand, as a species, as human beings, we have always had the amount of tyranny we were willing to tolerate. Period. That's true of any government, any system, any custom, any era of history. We have the amount of tyranny we were willing to tolerate. Why were the, why were the founding fathers quartering redcoats on July 1st, 1776? And why weren't they quartering redcoats on July 5th, 1776? Because in those, within those four days, they issued a decree that said, you know, we're not going to tolerate this anymore. Get the hell out. That's why. But until they said that, and then we're willing to back it up, guess what they were going to keep getting? Tyranny, like quartering redcoats. And until we're willing to do that, guess what we're going to keep getting? I am the Senate. I will make it legal. That's what you'll get. Except it'll be some garbled, unlistenable, un- un- undecipherable jargon from a dementia patient. But we've told you on this show for going on two years, this was never going to end until we made it end and not a moment sooner, period. Continue on. Michael in Tennessee says, after 18 months of traveling for work, I finally tested positive for COVID. Thought at first it was seasonal allergies, but decided to get tested. I went to three doctors and also tried America's frontline doctors. They couldn't even call me back because of their backlog. None of the three doctors would prescribe ivermectin or anything really for that matter. I even had one doctor tell me as soon as my quarantine was over, she recommended me going right then and getting the vaccine. You can't make this stuff up. Sadly, it is costing people their lives. I should be fine, no worse than my symptoms are, but should my dad catch it and not find a doctor to provide early treatment, he will probably not be as fortunate. Your friend Daniel is 100% correct. This is a genocide. There is a very effective big pharma early treatment, monoclonal antibodies, Regeneron. That's what they, a month before this made the marketplace last fall, they gave it to the president of the United States. And that's what got Trump out of the hospital. You don't see them ever promote this. It's been on the market since last November. It's a big pharma product. This isn't, you know, a repurposed drug. It's a cutting edge tech that is not inexpensive, by the way but it's also very effective. But a lot of people, even though it's been on the market since last November, didn't hear about it until Florida Governor Ron DeSantis made it widely available and, and portably available in the state of Florida as an early treatment. And then they tried to discredit it, but the data on this big pharma product is so good that not even Anthony Fauci would back them up. He said, yeah, it's a really good product. People should get it. And so the same leeches and um, demonically inspired knuckle draggers who have done this with hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin cocktails uh, eventually had to scurry back to their cockroach corners because the sunlight was too bright. That is also my biggest thing with these vaccines, even though there is still some very promising data out there, not as much as there was a few months ago, but there is still some very promising data out there. But the number one reason I have pushed back on this vaccine rollout is the denial of natural immunity on top of the threats to liberty now that we're into the mandate portion of the argument. 
but from a medical moral standpoint, the continual denial of natural immunity is both consistent and it is also purposeful. It's also disingenuous, unethical, dishonest, immoral, unscientific. And, it, and all those things, therefore, indicate that the motivation behind the consistent and purposeful denial of natural immunity is not altruistic, something more sinister. Gentlemen, may have any quick thoughts on those two notes before we get to the break? Well, going back uh, where we started... Uh, I've I've told Steve before. It's ironic that the uh, the movie about Martin Luther Luther with what uh, Joseph finds. I'm the Catholic here, but there's just a fantastic line in there when his former mentor uh, is is kind of trying to hedge his bets now on the degree Luther thinks he needs to go, and Luther just grabs his hand and says, "Did you not think there wouldn't be? A, did you think there wouldn't be a cost?" And that's where we are. We're just. Our comfort, the gated community effect, it's become our idol. We are disgustingly drunk. Plato was right. He was wrong about a lot of things, but he's right. He he said the arts, poetry, things like that would make people soft. And they have. They really have. Our addic- the Netflix and chill is what he was talking about. We just love our stuff way too much and we can't be bothered. And it's a, it's a stone, a millstone around our neck. You will have just... It's going to be so much easier, and this is hard when you've got a family. It's hard when you've got somebody you're taking care of. It's hard to accept this when the price of living is so high. Get it in your head. If you're faced with this dilemma, and it feels like a dilemma to you, the answer is no. There is no dilemma there. Get it in your head that you may face some insecurity, financial or otherwise. Once you accept that... The right course becomes then a lot easier, but you have to accept that price. More Feedback Friday in a moment. So let's talk about that chronic pain that you've been ignoring and has been nagging at you for far too long. I'm not talking about pain from an injury. Hey, Steve, I just fell off my roof. Um, Can I, you know, will Omega XL help? No. Uh, Get thee to a a physician uh, right away. Uh, You need, uh, you had an injury there. Okay. You need professional medical help. But we're talking about the chronic nagging, lingering variety, usually in your back, neck, knees, shoulders. Uh, Chances are that is being caused by too much inflammation in your body. And that's where you want to attack that inflammation before it causes some permanent damage. And you want an all-natural anti-inflammatory like what they do at Omega XL, backed by 35 years in clinical research and well over a year of real-time experience from me using it on a daily basis as well. It attacks the inflammation that that it causes my pain. Actually, I don't have that pain anymore because of Omega XL, which is why I recommended that you try it as well. I don't know why I said that in the past tense, because I had yet to recommend it. But I have now officially recommended it. So visit OmegaXL.com slash Steve if you want to buy one, get one free bottle offer. Buy one bottle, get a second one for free when you visit OmegaXL.com slash Steve or call them at 800-844-4888. 800-844-4888. Let's get back to some feedback Friday. Uh, and this is from Joe. 
Joe says, the story you told about your father-in-law, who's a 101st Airborne veteran, urging you to not let your son join the military really struck a chord. I was active duty Air Force from 2012 to 2019, and I would have the same advice now for my own young sons. When I was commissioned in, when I commissioned in 2012, the culture of the military wasn't what I would have hoped for. However, however, over my seven years, it deteriorated even more dramatically, and I don't think most people have any idea of the scale and speed of the progressive decay. Just as one example, only four years after Don't Ask, Don't Tell was repealed in 2010, the first drag show on a U.S. military installation occurred in 2014. Now every single Air Force base officially celebrates Pride Month. In 2018, the base in which I was stationed hosted a Pride celebration event in the base chapel. To be clear, I have no problem with gay men or women. I had gay troops that were incredibly effective under me. But just as the Air Force would have never allowed me to evangelize or push public, uh, political opinions, pride has no place in the military. At best, it's a distraction that degrades good order and discipline. The exact same tra tr trends are now occurring with issues like BLM, transgenderism, etc. I voiced my concerns multiple times to leadership over these issues and was quickly dismissed every time. The responses were always something like, I appreciate your concern, Captain captain, but not something for you to worry about. Or the military has successfully dealt with change its entire existence. There were men who opposed racial integration, you know. Although I didn't know the term spirit of the age in 2019, by then I knew there was no way I could fight it successfully in the military. An organization that fights wars must be able to get on the same page quickly. There is limited time for debate when lives are at risk. So you get one but to state an, state an objection. Then you have to salute smartly and carry on. The spirit of the age has has used that culture to devastating effect. I applaud men like Lieutenant Colonel Scheller, but I fear the military is already lost. He's the guy that was uh, was suspended for stating about talking openly and honestly about the failure in Afghanistan a couple weeks ago, if you're remembering that name. Most of the military leadership I encountered seemed already swept away by the madness or lacking the honor and boldness to fight it, and that was over two years ago. Unfortunately, General Milley is a great representation. I know I'm not saying anything you guys don't already know, but I implore everyone to fight like hell in their communities and pray for revival. There are exactly zero government institutions that will save us from this mess. And again, that's from Joe, and he closes with a P.S. I worked advanced development programs for fighter and bomber aircraft. I don't know if this UFO stuff is aliens, demons, or what, but I would bet my house this tech is not ours. Gentlemen, you have any thoughts? Um, you know, the military, the Catholic priesthood, this is uh, Lord Nefarious, you know. He's got some He's on the march. yeah. Yeah, the, 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 the very institutions that had some authority to step into this breach are just so minimized. Listen, I'm speaking only for myself right here, but seeing what's happening in Australia right now, and now after what happened uh, yesterday at the behest of our president, uh, I'd be thinking if we had a military that really was unwoke and was the place where something of this nation had been preserved. Hey, the notion of military coup has gone through my head a couple of times, but I can't even, it's not even a possibility. It's just a lateral move. Honestly, there's, there is no institution that not, has not, not been gutted by this demonic madness. It's, it's harrowing. It's harrowing, but the, the good news, as we often say, 
is that if you don't know if you don't know how you'll respond when you're punched in the face guess what all of us what happened yesterday will will i i would say for the most part touch pretty much all of us and be somewhat of a slap in the face if not a punch in the face we're all going to have opportunities and even more so as the enemy, and yes, I'm using that term now, not opponent, as the enemy gets even more brazen, like the, like the German uh, yellow jacket flying right in front of Steve's face. That is all going to become more and more brazen, more and more in your face. And it's not going to come in the, in the road uh, ahead. It's not going to come primarily from uh, Joe Biden, dementia-rattled ra- patient from the federal government. It may. It's increasingly going to come from the the houses that have the in this house we believe yard signs signs still up. It's going to be coming from those people. They're going to be the ones who are going to be trying to shove this in your face and be more confrontational. So be prepared. Gird your loins like a man for battle, Job. You, you have to be prepared. You have to be willing to pay the cost. If you're squeamish, if you're skittish about that, it, it, may, it may be a great cost. To think about in this country that you might, not be, you might not know where your next meal is coming from because you lost your job. You might not know where you're resting your head at night because you lost your job. The thought of that is just anathema to all of us who have enjoyed... The, the, the true blessings of liberty in this country. Folks, I'm telling you, God's always going to provide for you, but you must be willing, you must be willing to pay the price. So many of us are not, though. And I'm sorry, I, I've gotten so many emails and so many tweets and direct messages from people um, saying, hey, I or my wife uh, are in a similar, similar situation to what you or Bella were in. What can I do? What do you think I should do? And just for the record, go to Liberty Council's website, lc.org. They have a pretty good template that you can follow. Some of that we followed. Leave a lot of room. Be brief. Be, be concise if you're writing your exemption forms. Whatever good they're now, they, they are now after what happened yesterday. So that's for the record. But as far as the rest of this, I, I, I just got to be blunt with you. You got to be willing to pay the price. You got to be willing to strain. I'm in a really fortunate situation right now to where um, it's going to be tight if Bella loses her job and, and we lose that income. We could do it. We could swing it. A lot of people out there are not. We, we, have, to, we, have, to lie, we, we have to stop with the lie that we are in firm reliance and firm, firm reliance upon our own works and our own energy to provide the things that we need to live. The Lord has promised that he will do that. But we must be willing to go without those things. We must be willing to look the darkness in the face. Because as you just said, Steve, Lord Nefarious is on the march. He's calling your bluff. Are you going to blink? 
Just over two weeks ago, my family and I returned home from a trip to Oregon uh, to visit family we hadn't seen in nearly two years. We brought COVID home with us. After taking care of my husband and four kids, I'm the last to get sick. Luckily, we have all had fairly mild cases, sort of like a bad cold for us. My husband and I were both vaccinated. I'm an RN and received the Pfizer vaccine doses in January and February. My husband received his second Pfizer vaccine dose in May. I had high hopes for the vaccine in the beginning. Efficacy reports were off the charts at 95%. However, the vaccines are obviously not what we were promised, and if anything, are more of a therapeutic to hopefully prevent severe disease. It seems the best COVID strategy we have now is early outpatient treatment. Yes, yes, yes. I cannot understand why medications like hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin are being banned when study after study shows they do work to decrease viral load, especially when taken early. Well, apparently Pfizer is jumping on the new strategy as well. I received my COVID test at a pharmacy chain. Since testing positive, I was sent an email that Pfizer is looking for subjects to test a new COVID pill. So after receiving trillions of millions or trillions of money to give us an ineffective vaccine, now they will make more money on the COVID pill, which I'm sure will be bought to or brought to us at a quote affordable price. It's hard for me to wrap my head around not using medications that exist that are proven to be safe and are affordable in favor of another completely new medication. The easy answer is greed and money, but honestly, I feel there is something more sinister at play here. My question is, what is the end game? That is from Jennifer, who's an RN, registered nurse in my former home state of Michigan. And Jennifer, you have shared many of the thoughts and sentiments that I have about this or, or entire ordeal. Let me let me restate something that I've said a few times recently. I, I do not believe I know more about COVID data than Anthony Fauci does. In fact, what disturbs me and upsets me and takes me to a very dark place is that I actually begin from the premise I do not. And yet, not five minutes ago, he was on CNN, which committed an act of accidental journalism in asking him, why do people have already had a natural immunity to COVID, meaning they had an infection? I know some people, I'm I'm seeing blue check marks uh, on Twitter claim natural immunity means doesn't mean you're just immune to no one. That's not what natural immunity. We're not claiming when we say natural immunity, we're not saying that God made it, that I can't ever be sick. I mean, that's just dumb. Natural immunity is when you've had a recovered infection of an outbreak. That's what it means. And therefore you have some level of immunity from getting reinfected or at the very least reinfected to the level of severity you previously were by that strain. And Fauci was asked just a few minutes ago on CNN, why do people who have natural immunity that have recovered because they've recovered from a previous infection, when all the data shows that they have better, the same or better efficacy than being vaccinated, why do they have to get vaccinated? Fauci's reply, and I quote, I quote, I don't have a firm answer on that. That's the most honest damn thing that guy has said since March of 2020. So again, do you think do you think I do you think, do you think I found the Israeli study that showed when it went when it went through what was it 80,000 patients 
in Israel and found that those with natural immunity were 13 times less likely to get a COVID infection than those fully vaccinated, 27 times less likely to, uh, to get a severe COVID infection than those fully vaccinated. Do you think I found that data before Anthony Fauci, it was shared with Anthony Fauci? Do you believe that? I don't. And that's what upsets me. That's what disturbs me. Jennifer, I agree. We have hundreds of years of biology, virology, immunology precedent, including the going on going 18 months of real-time precedent with this virus. And we're just now getting around to, I guess I don't really know why people who have natural immunity need to get vaccinated. Why have they ever needed to get vaccinated? Why were we ever vaccinating people with natural immunity before we went to people that were more seriously at risk first? Why didn't we do national seroprevalence antibody studies to find out who already has immunity so we don't have to waste precious vaccine resources on them? How Did I not ask these questions, gentlemen, last winter? Did I not ask these things? Yep. I don't know more than him. That's why I'm bothered. I'm not arrogant enough to think I'm not arrogant enough to think I can outsmart him on these things. I'm disturbed because I'm honest enough to know I should not be able to. So Jennifer, I agree with you. Something sinister has been at play here all along. No doubt. Let me tell you about our friends over at realestateagentsitrust.com. You know, how do you know you have found a real estate agent you trust? You keep in touch. You keep doing business with him. So we last got in the real estate market 15 years ago with a guy named Scott Remsberg recommended to us by a friend of mine. We've stayed in touch with Scott. He's done great. He did great, such great work for us. We're, I, you know, you guys know I, I renovated the bathroom, the master bath at the house for the wife's birthday. I went back to Scott, had him and his contractors and people come in and do it. Why? I gave that guy business years later. Why? Because of how good it was to do business with him years ago. That's how you know you found a real estate agent you can trust. You want to keep going back to that well, especially in these unprecedented times. Bing. Thank you. So if you want to find an agent like that, you want to find your own Scott Remsburg that you can trust. The name kind of says it all where you can go. Realestateagentsitrust.com is where you want to go. And we can probably hook you up with one of those agents you can trust just about anywhere in America that you want to go to or get away from. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, let's, uh, let's have you go over to realestateagentsitrust.com. Trying to see if I got a really quick one here that we might have time for. Uh, and I don't. So, gentlemen, I'll turn it over to you. Final thoughts. Uh, my final thought, my old buddy Charles James Napier, a British sea captain, uh, talking about dealing with a uh, crazy Hindu priest practice. Be it so, this burning of widows is your custom. Prepare the funeral pile. But my nation has also a custom. When men burn women alive, we hang them and confiscate all their property. My carpenters shall therefore erect gibbets on which to hang all concerned when the widow is consumed. Let us all act according to national customs. I like that guy. I like that too. Aaron. I don't know. I, I, I'm increasingly, there are some days where I, I, I'm increasingly 
speechless because I feel like I've said everything that I, I can say and that we've said and urged everything that we can say and urge. I'll just remind you we're never allowed to be hopeless. The reason why we take such strong stands and make things uncomfortable sometimes for ourselves and for others is because we, we are the ones with hope. We are not like those who are hopeless. Those people are trying to mask your kids, choke your kids, shut down your way of life. We are the ones with hope. We cannot forget that and we have to act like it. Amen, brother. Well said. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll be back at it again on Monday. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.